Hello, folks. I just want to say thanks once again for listening to Canadian Cannabis Update. This is a Canadian-based podcast telling the many stories of the leaders and organizations encompassing cannabis legalization. Before we begin today, a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Harvest Medicine. They're a patient-centric clinic which offers free medical assessments for people looking to explore how medical cannabis can help improve their lives. To learn more and to book your free consultation with Harvest Medicine, visit hmed.ca. That's h-m-e-d dot c-a. And as always, this podcast was produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. And hey, if you have a business and you would like to reach all of the people who listen to Canadian Cannabis Update podcast, reach out to me on Twitter at CanCanUpdate. That's at C-A-N-C-A-N-N Update. Or check out my website, CannabisUpdate.ca. Edibles. That might be the biggest buzzword of 2019 as we hopefully approach legalization within the year. Now, everyone's talking about gummies and brownies, but let's be realistic for a moment. Should you choose to medicate with edibles, lots of people might just want to eat THC with a nice home-cooked meal. And that's where THC Creations is looking to make a difference. These guys are in the business of giving normal people lessons on how to put together wholesome foods in a safe and mindful manner. So here's their story. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Neil. Thanks for having me. Let's start off real simple. Who is Neil Menzi? Well, I'm a chef, owner, and instructor at THC Creations. Mm-hmm. And THC Creations is a company right now that um, teaches people how to cook with cannabis out of the comfort of their own homes. Nice. Okay. Well, let's back you up real quick. I like to start off by asking everyone to tell me something about yourself that has nothing to do with cannabis or, in your case, cooking. For sure. Um, I'm a musician by trade. I've been playing music for probably about since I was born, almost. Wow. Um, And I'm a husband and a father of a a four-and-a-half-year-old. All right. Very normal guy. Walk us through how you decided to create THC chronologically. And I just want to, for anybody listening, it's T, the letter T, the letter H, and then S-E-A, like the ocean or the sea. Um, Yeah. Can you tell us that story? Sure. Um, I've been working in restaurants for about 10 to 15 years, um, different restaurants, working my way up from dishwasher to head chef. Um, and I, I wanted to start sort of something on my own. I, I, I love cooking in other people's restaurants, but I wanted something for myself after all those years. So, And I've been cooking with cannabis um, on my own for probably about five or six years doing you know regular edibles like brownies and cookies and um, that sort of stuff. But I sort of wanted to take my restaurant knowledge and apply it to cannabis. So I, I started changing the way that I was viewing um, edibles at the time, and I started doing things like garlic breads, ice cream, pastas, um, that sort of stuff. So, And after that, I started reading a lot more, and I found a study from Dalhousie um, that actually said that about 80% of the people that they surveyed said that they didn't feel comfortable enough to cook with cannabis at home. Uh, they didn't know enough about it. So I saw a big market there to be able to teach people from the comfort of their own homes. Yeah, you know what? Everyone has a edible story, I think, where they've overdone it, and um, that can be a little bit intimidating. Yeah, and I've I've had some myself like that, and I've had some that um, were probably, you know, just tasted a little bit too much like cannabis. Some people don't like the flavor of cannabis, so I've been working my recipes out to try and uh, get the flavor um, proper for the dish that's created and get it in within the proper dosage. So, Do you find that you don't actually have to add very much for it to have an effect on a person? Um, well, yeah, um, I, I find that. Um, 
I try and dose my um, oils and um, butters and stuff like that, my infused ingredients, a little bit higher than normal so I don't have to add um, as much to the final product just so you're not getting as much of that. But that all really depends on the process that you're using to uh, to make the infused butters. Sometimes if you're using um, like dried flour versus um, like plant matter, like shake and stuff like that, you can get a lot less of a planty flavor from it. So, Can you tell me how THC or even CBD for that matter affects the body when you eat it? Yeah. Um, well, first, I'd say that edibles um, take about an hour to two hours um, after consumption to take effect. So that's way different than smoking or vaping, which is usually pretty instantaneous. And they can last anywhere from five to 24 hours. So uh, there's a big difference between the way that it affects the body um, with smoking and vaping versus eating it. Um, the the results are definitely longer whenever you eat it versus smoking it, for sure. And um, I guess hypothetically stronger when eaten. Yeah, definitely stronger, yeah. Um, from any of the research that I've been doing, um, it, it lasts, it seems longer, and yeah, the effects are definitely more prevalent. Um, and that's all depending on body weight, too, from what I've found, because um, THC is fat-soluble, so the more body weight that you have, the longer the effects can actually last. So. Okay, and... Also, does that potentially mean the more THC you can consume? Um, that would be hard to say. I haven't really done the research into that myself, um, but I know whenever I've taken them myself, I'm, I only weigh about 120 pounds myself. Um, they only last about five to six hours on me, um, but I gave some to one of my uh, friends there, and they weigh probably about... 250, somewhere in that range, 250, 260, and they were saying that they were still feeling the effects like 13, 14 hours later. So Yeah, I can attest to that. Um, when you eat it, like even the next morning, I still sometimes feel lightheaded. Yeah, a little bit lightheaded or groggy. or yeah. Um, do you ever consider terpene content when cooking with cannabis? Yeah, for sure, um, both for flavor and for the medicinal benefits of the terpenes. Um, one of the good things about the terpenes is that you can find terpenes in other things in cannabis, so there's been a lot of research being done over the years for medicinal benefits of them. So something like limonene specifically, um, that's one of my favorite ones to cook with because uh, it pairs, it's a citrusy kind of a... Um, a terpene, so it pairs really nice with like seafood, like salmon and, and scallops and those sort of things. And it's also being used for um, cancer um, treatment, I think, is one of the things that it's being used for. So there's there's a lot of medicinal benefits um, for limonene specifically and some of the other terpenes as well. So Have you found that there's a difference between uh, when you eat cannabis, when it's cooked into food, as opposed to when it's raw? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, with the raw cannabis, the, the THC hasn't been active activated yet, so it doesn't actually affect you the same way that it would be. Um, there's, um, THC is found in an acid form in the, raw, in the raw cannabis, and you have to sort of decarboxylate it to be able to activate that THC, and that's, that's why smoking or vaping works or the decarboxylation uh, that we do in the ovens for the edibles. All right, let's talk a little bit more about your company, THC Creations. Um, are your lessons more about how to put THC into food, or would you say that they're more about the art of actually cooking itself? Like, how do you balance that? Um, well, it's, it's kind of a both, because I, I sort of see cannabis just as an ingredient. So in that kind of respect, um, it's regular, everyday cooking. Um, so, you know, we teach cooking techniques like cooking with cannabis, 
in addition to that, you know, I started talking about flavor profiles for the terpenes and how they might match into the recipes that we're creating. You know, we do knife skills, um, basic plating, some prep work, um, and then teach them actually how to create the recipes. A lot of the work with the THC and cannabis itself, I do just because they're learning, most of my students at the time. So just to make sure that everybody's getting the best experience that they can and I can fully control the environment, I, I usually actually dose the, uh, the final dishes that we do. So, How do you currently test your products? Right now, um, since cannabis has only been legal for about a month, before that I really didn't have access to um, legal cannabis. So anything that was lab tested or anything, it was all through the illicit market. So it was hard to um, actually know what the content of the THC and CBD and stuff like that in the flour that I was using. So I had to find a system from the, United, uh, from the states called the T-Check system. And it actually checks through light-spectrum analysis um, dried flour and infused oils and butters. So I can just take a drop of my infused oil and put it on um, the T-Check system, and it'll tell me exactly how many um, milligrams per milliliter is in that. So, Talk to me a little bit about dosage. Uh, what would you say is the range that your average person tends to like? Um, what I've found, it, it all really depends on how much consumption they're used to. Um, first-time users, I, I find it's usually between 2.5 to 5 milligrams, um, and that's probably over a whole evening, just to make sure that they're not getting um, any undesired effects from it, especially with a first-time user. Um, more regular users and smokers, I've found they're anywhere between 10 to 20, maybe 30 milligrams over a whole evening. Uh-huh. Um, like one of the big rules that I always say is that you can always eat more, but you can't eat less. Um, so consume responsibly, you know. So you can start off low and slow and then work your way up. Um, knowing that, you know, edibles take an hour to two to take effect, yeah. you want to wait that time before even trying another 2.5 or 5 milligrams, especially if you're a first-time consumer. So Yeah, okay. So I'm 200 pounds, and for me, 5 milligrams is just like perfect yeah you know without uh going too overboard yeah exactly and that's that's what i tend to dose all of my edibles at um or creations um i, I dose them at about five to ten milligrams per serving so um if we're having you know a three-course meal or something like that i try to make it about 2.5 per serving so that they still get around the five to ten for the whole evening so who tends to show the most interest in your products or your lessons like what kind of demographic do you tend to draw right now it's pretty much everybody um which is great yeah it's first-time users um long-time consumers um there's just a lack of knowledge really with cooking with cannabis out there so there's been a lot of people who have been consuming for a long time that really don't know anything about cooking with it or even just people who are looking to learn to cook um they think that this is an interesting venture so i'm sure you're going to say that the answer to this is probably just adding too much cannabis to your food but um what are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're cooking with THC? Um, one of the biggest things that I would say is not knowing the potency of their oils or butters before going into it. Um, trying to figure out that is, it, there's a lot of math involved. Um, so you need to know, you know your potency of your flour. You need to know how much oil you're putting into it. You need to figure out how much um, THC and CBD are being lost through your decarb process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that, you can sort of figure out your potency. But if you don't know that then it's almost like, you know, um, shooting fish in a barrel. You have no idea 
what you're going to be hitting there. So um, that and not waiting, I would say, that time frame mm-hmm. would be the two biggest mistakes that I see that people are making at home. Um, they're thinking that it's not affecting them, so they take it way before they should. They take more way before they should. So. Okay. Um, can you just paint a picture for me? What exactly would a classroom setting look like with you? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, well, we go into the house of our clients usually um, for our private classes or for the crash courses. They come into my house, mm-hmm. um, and we do it there or on location like at Canada House Clinics. Um, but usually um, we bring all the ingredients, um, and we bring the plates, the silverware, pretty much anything that's needed um, for cooking other than the cannabis, the stove, and the fridge. Um, if you've got that, I can pretty much teach you anything in that kind of respect. And then we work on the recipes that um, I've created with all the ingredients that we brought, and I teach pla- uh, plating, knife skills, all that sort of stuff as well. And then later on, we enjoy our creations. <laughs> um, I've also got ways to make sure that if um, some of the effects are undesired, um, they can be sort of reversed because CBD is great for counteracting THC. So mm. we can um, drink some like CBD water or something like that and counteract some of the effects if some of them are undesired. So. Wow, I've also heard that uh, eating peppercorns raw can actually help reduce the effects of THC. Have you heard that? I haven't actually heard that one myself. No, that's that's interesting. I've heard mangoes um, can actually increase um, heighten the effects if right. you eat them before, but I, I didn't hear about the peppercorns. No, that's interesting. Yeah, Hart from the Cannabis Show mentioned it one time in his, and I asked him about it when I was interviewing them. And uh, ah. yeah, apparently, I, I mean, if you crunch on a couple of raw peppercorns, I'm sure <laughs> it'll sober you up a little bit. Right? Yeah, I'd say it would too, yeah. <laughs> I have to try it and then get back to you. Um, where should people source their cooking THC? What would you recommend? Um, government stores or private retail um, in the provinces that allow for uh, those kind of private retails. Um, I wouldn't suggest the illicit market just because there's no way of really knowing what product you're getting. Um, you have no way of knowing the potencies of the THC and CBD, and at least through um, the government websites or private retail like that, um, it's all lab tested. So you, you can sort of have a better idea going into it. I see. So uh, what other things does 2019 potentially then have in store for THC creations? Um, Hopefully we're going to be doing a lot more things than we've been doing so far. Um, Right now we're just getting into the teaching things to get our foot in the door with edibles, but um, I'm looking into doing catered events, some parties, some weddings. Um, Mm -hmm. Also looking into possible restaurant applications in the future. Um, With all my training in the restaurants, I figured out different ways to sort of implement that in. And with that in mind, I'm looking into doing like sort of consulting um, with clients that might look to get into the restaurant business um, once it is legalized. You know, some people that might not know exactly how to implement some of the recipe ideas, but mm-hmm. I might have ideas for that too. Um, I'm also working with uh, Canada House Clinics, and they're a group around the uh, uh, Maritimes that works with uh, veterans. Okay. Um, and they're all across Canada, actually, but I'll only be working with them in the Maritimes so far. But we're offering classes in um, Charlottetown, in Warmukdo, Moncton, Mount Pearl, and in Sydney, Nova Scotia as well. Um, we're also offering an interesting um, thing with Canada High Tours called a Purchase the Plate Tour, okay. where we go to the dispensary and we meet our clients there, mm-hmm. and we go over what strains might want to or we might want to buy for the meals that we're going to create, and then we go to a local farmer's market or one of the local superstores or something like that, pick out our ingredients, and then we meet later on to create the meals. So that's kind of interesting as well. That's super cool. Um, and we've also started a little partnership, hopefully, with uh, CanJoin through an accelerator, uh, acceleration program that they've got going on. 
um, and hopefully they'll be taking me up to Toronto to work on a few things to get us uh, get some of those ideas flowing for 2019. So, uh, interesting. Are there any other notable people doing what you do in Canada right now? Not that I've seen. Um, there definitely are some other chefs that are cooking with cannabis in Canada, but not teaching like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody out of Edmonton or out of Vancouver who just did a. Um, event in Edmonton not that long ago, Travis Peterson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's called the Nomad Cook, I think, and he's been um, doing like four-course uh, fine dining meals. Okay. And it, they're really, really interesting, some of the stuff he's coming out with. Um, another company that I like what they're doing and that kind of stuff would be uh, the Botanical Brownie, and they're out of Calgary, mm-hmm. actually, right where you are. So I know them. Yeah, and they're great, and they, like, we ourselves don't do the uh, brownies and candies and cookies and stuff, so um, I really enjoy what they're doing, because we just don't dabble, in, and they're doing it great, so. All right, well, they have something called Amaze Balls, which are Amaze Balls. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> um, okay, so where are you located? Which city in Canada? Um, we're located in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, um, mm-hmm. but we travel all over the Maritimes. Um, I've got a um, working relationship, or we're starting to get a working relationship with uh, Canada House Clinics, okay. and we're going to be offering classes in their Charlottetown location, Sydney, Moncton, Oromocto, and uh, Mount Pearl, I think. so. Okay, so if somebody wants to organize uh, a lesson with you, um, they should likely be in that region, I suppose, right? Yeah, um, yeah, probably Atlantic Canada would be um, the best right now. Um, we do charge for uh, leaving the island, like um, a little fee for leaving the island, because it, it does cost us quite a bit to get off island. But yeah, probably Atlantic Canada for now. We're hoping to expand into the rest of Canada by, you know, the next few years. Um, I'm in talks with some people in Toronto that want to hopefully help me out um, and get it the company accelerated a little further. So um, that might be a venture in the near future. In the near future. Um, How can somebody find out more about you and THC Creations? Sure. Um, You can email me um, either at neilmenzi at Mm gmail.com or you can email THC Creations at thccreations at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at THC Creations and the same on Facebook. So, All right. Now, here's a, a bit of a curveball question for you. You said that you have a four-year-old, and I've got a yep. five- and a seven-year-old. Um, what are your thoughts on keeping edibles away from children? What are some precautionary things people should do? Um, great, great question. Um, definitely keeping them up out of the... Um, out of the reach of those children would be one of the big things. Um, with us, what I do is I've got um, childproof clamshell containers okay. um, and childproof containers that I leave um, for any of the classes and stuff um, for their leftovers, if they have any or any of that sort of stuff, to make sure that any children at the residence can't get into it. Because um, a lot of the food does have to be refrigerated because um, any of the leftovers and stuff like that, you wouldn't want to store it anywhere else. And unfortunately, with infused oils, um, they can cause botulism or they can have botulism if they're not stored properly. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I recommend is definitely storing all that stuff in the fridge. So any, any child-proof containers that you can get um, would be recommended for sure. Okay. Any final thoughts or advice on cooking with THC? Um, start going low uh, and go slow. Like that's, that's a big saying that's around. Um, you know, you can always eat more, but you can't eat less. Those are probably the biggest advices that I would have, you know, and I always like to stress that time frame, um, that one to two hours to take effect. So, um, if you're cooking with it at home and you're finding that your edibles aren't doing the desired effect after one or two hours, then eat more. But until that point, I wouldn't. 
Yeah, that's uh, solid advice. Take it from somebody who knows. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, Neil, thank you very much for this. Uh, super informative. And uh, I'm hoping that anyone in Atlantic Canada who hears this will reach out to you to learn about cooking with THC. Makes sense? I hope so, too. Bye-bye. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, thanks once again for listening to Canadian Cannabis Update. If you have a story that you'd like to share about the cannabis space, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up at CanadianCannabisUpdate at gmail.com. And if you want to find out more about what we do, check us out on Twitter at CanCanUpdate. That's at C-A-N-C-A-N-N Update. Facebook, Instagram, and every podcast-related streaming site in the known universe. universe. The next podcast is just around the corner. Stay tuned. All right, hit it, Amber. Canadian Cannabis Update is a regularly published podcast. We do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but take the time to research the details for yourself.